Now Joseph was 30 years old when he stood in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty, the land produced abundantly. So he collected all the food of the seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and put the food in the cities. And he put in every city the food from its surrounding fields. Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Genesis chapter 41, verses 46 to 49. Ah, yes. Once again, it is time for another Legion of Michael, another Legion of Michael episode. I am your host, Paul Markle. Thank you for joining me. I recently had a wonderful birthday. My children came and visited with me, and uh, I got to see my grandchildren uh, and my children, and it was a good birthday. Uh, Thank you for asking. (laughs) Welcome, and thank you guys for supporting the show. Uh, thank you to everybody who followed the the link in the show notes, the red circle link. If you follow the red circle link in the show notes, that'll take you directly to a place where you can support the show. You can choose, if you so desire, to support this show. Uh, if you think that it is worth your time and it is worth your effort, and if you think that this show provided you with value, then you can monetarily support the show if you so choose to do so. I want you guys to make sure, if you're listening, that you go to legionofmichael.com, if you have not done so already, and uh, sign up for the church security program, the distance learning program, Legion of Michael Defending the Faithful. Uh, If the enrollment for the current session is closed, that's okay. Just leave your name and your email, and as soon as the next session is open, you will be informed, and then you'll be able to jump right on in and get with some learning. It was some learning. So let's talk about today's show. Let's talk about tapping your inner Joseph. What is that all about? During a recent Legion of Michael Q&A session, I posed a question about food pantries or food banks. Now, when I was young, and I do this all the time, I talk about when I was young, but hey, that's the basis for comparison. When I was young, regardless of which church, you know, we moved around a little bit when I was a kid. We lived in Michigan. We lived in Ohio. But regardless of the church that we went to, they always had a food bank or a food pantry, you know, Uh, and some of them had fancy, cute names for them. But uh, essentially, the women's auxiliary, and this is how I remember it, the women's auxiliary of the church would organize and set up a food bank, a food pantry for those who needed it. And people who were members of the church were reminded that if you ever fall on hard times, uh, don't feel like you need to steal bread to feed your family. Come here, talk to Miss Sue or Mary or whatever, and and they'll hook you up. And uh, yeah, I, I remember being a little kid, uh, my, my dad losing his job, and I mean, I was probably first or second grade, something like that. But some ladies from the church came over, and they had cardboard boxes and 
paper bags, brown paper bags. How many of you guys remember the old days going grocery shopping with your moms or uh, dads, mostly moms, but uh, and getting the brown paper grocery sacks? And the ladies from the, because my dad had lost his job and we were and we were struggling. Uh, the ladies from church they showed up. And they went into the kitchen with my mom. And then after they left, I went into the kitchen and my mom was sorting through the various things that had been brought. Canned food, you know, cans of beans and corn and macaroni and cheese boxes and rice-a-roni or whatever. And that was something that, that our church just did as a matter of course. And when I, when I got older and I became a member of our church's youth group, that was one of our community service projects that we would do for the youth group. Every year we would do the canned food drive where we had a challenge. You know, they would challenge us to see who could bring in the most canned food or, you know, what have you. And, and we would put it in the food pantry. So I asked my audience, I asked you guys out there, you guys who are members of the Legion of Michael, I posed the question, I said, does your church have a food pantry? Does your church have, organize, and control a food bank? And the answers that I received kind of disturbed me. To a man, everyone said, well, our church supports the community food bank, but we don't have one ourselves. Our church does, you know, whatever, drives, canned food drives or, or projects or what, what have you. And uh, one gentleman told me that, we, well, before COVID, they were doing something. And then during COVID, everybody quit. And now no one's doing anything. Now, to the, the brain of the modern man, that might seem like a good idea. You say, well, you know, rather than have a whole bunch of, you know, separate food banks at all these different churches... Wouldn't it be better if we just pooled all our resources and and donated all of the assets, all of the food and, and what have you to one central location and, and it lets you know somebody else run it? And that right there, that statement, that is the thought process of the modern human. Well, that way we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to set aside the space. And let's let's face facts. How how much space do you need in your church for the food bank? One auxiliary closet, you know, uh, a, a 10 foot deep by six foot wide auxiliary closet with shelves. Is that, that what you need? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't take that much. A door with a lock on it, you know, a couple of ladies from the ladies auxiliary who organize it, you know, every couple of months or, you know, annually or whatever, they do a canned food drive or, and they organize it, and they rotate it out, rotate the stock, you know, keep track of it. How hard is it? But in our modern world, it is so easy for us to subcontract or to contract out or to, uh, to let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. And then some of you are saying, oh, come on now, Paul. I mean, I think it's a good idea, and why don't we just let the other people do it? Let whoever wants to do it, you know, the, the lady with the community food bank, let her do it. We'll, we'll give her the canned food. We'll give her the soup and the rice and the macaroni and cheese and the peanut butter, and we'll let them take care of it. 
We'll just put it all in one centralized location in one building, and that'll be better for the whole community. Okay. You ever heard, did your grandma ever use the term all the eggs in one basket? Did she? Mine did. I'm sure my mom did at one point in time. Uh, What does that mean? You put all the eggs in one basket. Well, if the basket gets knocked over, all the eggs are broken and you lose them, right? All the eggs in one basket. What What would happen to your community, your community preparedness, if there was a fire at the food bank and all of the communities stored up food for the the poor and needy and, and and so on and downtrodden and so forth goes up in smoke whoa that would be bad yeah that would be bad what if that one building is robbed you know nobody's gonna rob and steal food no really no one's gonna steal food ladies and gentlemen when joseph when joseph was put in charge when he was put in charge uh uh and you know, he didn't know when God allowed Joseph to be sold into slavery by his jealous brothers. He did not know that he was going to Egypt so that he could save his people. You see, God knows the plan. As Solomon has reminded us, as David has reminded us, as the prophets and the disciples have reminded us, God knows the plan. You don't. You don't know the plan. You don't know what he has in store for you. But God does. And when he allowed Joseph to suffer, suffer humiliation and embarrassment and imprisonment. He allowed him to, all that stuff, but he also gave him the tool. He gave him the tool of foresight, and he gave him the tool and the ability to under, to interpret dreams. And Joseph used that tool to impress the Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh's like, you're the smartest guy I've ever seen. I'm putting you in charge. You will be second in command of all Egypt. And so what was Joseph's job? His job was to go out and during the years of plenty to store up that food. Now, did Joseph bring it all into Cairo or whatever the capital was at that time? He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, uh, Joseph said, I'm a smart guy. I'm going to grab all the food from all over the land of Egypt, and I'm going to have it all trucked into Cairo and put it in one place, and I'm going to have the army guard it. No, that's not what he did. Now, during the seven years of, of plenty, the land produced abundantly. So he collected all the food of these seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and put food in the cities. He spread it out. He put it in warehouses and storehouses all over the land of Egypt. Joseph stored up the grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Food is, food is life. I know in our modern world, in the world in which we live, we have come to take that for granted. We take it for granted, our friends, neighbors, maybe we do, maybe you do, 
say, well, yeah, you know, I know in the past, in the old days, there was, you know, there were food shortages or food was expensive or people couldn't afford good food. I know, I mean, you know, that happened here in the world, but that was a long time ago. That was decades ago. (laughs) It's funny to me how people look at at a, a, a human population that has been on the earth for hundreds of thousands of years and they they say oh that was a long time ago really like what to you is a long time ago oh 50 years 50 60 years that's a long time ago like mm, <laughs> com- comparing the 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 age of our world and the number of generations it's it's not really that long ago and the human who lives today is no different than the human who lived in Egypt when Joseph was in charge. They have to have clean water. They have to have food. Your family needs clean water. Your family needs food. Wouldn't it be better to decentralize rather than to centralize your food collection? Now, a lot of you guys out there are saying you're nodding your head and you're like, okay, Paul, thank you very much for this lesson. But my family is taken care of. I listened a long time ago, and I made sure that we have stockpiles. We have food. We are self-sufficient. We have a garden. We have chickens. We have a, a goat. And we Whatever. And that's great. That is fantastic. But as a member of a Legion of Michael, when you step forward and you said, I want to become, I want to be a member of the Legion of Michael. I want to be part of the church security team. I want to secure my church community. I want to keep my church community safe. When you did that, you made a commitment to be a leader. Whether you wanted to be a leader or not, whether you were looking to be a leader or not, doesn't matter. By your very position as a member of the church security team, as a member of Legion of Michael, you are in a leadership position. And as someone who's in a leadership position, excuse me, let me drink some coffee. As someone who is in a leadership position, you need to be thinking about not just your family. Uh, You need to think about, well, who is in our church community that may be struggling or may end up struggling if things get harder? Things are already hard, but things are probably going to get much harder. Do you have single-parent families? Do you have shut-ins? Do you have older retired families, older retired couples who are living on Social Security? That Social Security money is, is uh, you know, it's not buying what it used to. When the price of gas doubles, when the price of eggs and milk double, the, the Social Security income didn't double. It might have gone up 3%. So you have a 3% increase in your Social Security and you have a 47% increase in your food bill. You have a 39% increase in your utility bill. Those don't add up. And people in our church communities are going to be hurting. There are going to be people in your church communities that are going to be hurting. And how can you reach out to them? And how can you ease some of their burden? One of the easiest ways and one of the most readily available ways is to have a food pantry, to have a food bank. Um, But who's in control of that food? Did you turn the control of all of those assets, of all that food, did you turn that over to someone else? Because, well, that was the easier thing to do. 
because it's more convenient and it requires less effort on our part. And who is that person who you have entrusted to be a good steward of what you have donated to them? Do you know them? Are they a stranger? Are they an unknown? Are they a city bureaucrat? Are they a a liberal politician type person? Who is in charge? And when you need that food, can you just go get it? Or do you have to go through them first? If someone in your church needs the food, can you just go and get it? Or do you have to go to them and fill out forms and ask for permission? And you can only go on certain times and certain days when you're allowed. You see, who is controlling the food is an important question. Not only is the idea of putting all the eggs in one basket, in my mind, a bad idea, but the idea that you are putting that in someone else's, and you say, well, I trust them, and I, and I hope you do. But why do you trust them? Do you trust them just because that's the right thing to do? Is that how we run our security team? We run our security team based on a, a wish and a hope that everything will be okay? Do we run our security team based on, well, nothing bad has ever happened, so nothing bad probably will happen, and everybody is a good person at heart. Well, if you think that, then what's the point of having a security team? No, we take care of things, and we take care, take matters into our own hands, and we prepare for ugly eventualities. I got a verse from, from uh, Peter here that I want to share with you guys. It's uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, each of you should use whatever gift he received to serve one another. If anyone speaks, he should speak as one conveying the words of God. If anyone serves, he should serve with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Are you being a good steward of what God has given you? If all those people in your church, excuse me, if they donated food, do you know that those, those food donations are being well taken care of? Is the stock being rotated? Or is it just thrown up on a shelf, you know, piled on top of it, and then by the time you need it, you've got, you know, five-year-old canned beans and 10-year-old peanut butter? Is it being rotated? Is it being used? Is it being cared for? Is it, is it all, you know, are the cans rusty now from sitting in a damp, dank basement? I don't know. You don't know either because you have no control over it. I would challenge you to tap your inner Joseph as a part of being a legion of Michael as a part of securing your, you know, keeping your church community safe, having food to eat is a BFD. It's a big freaking deal. And it's great that you in your house, that your household is taken care of. But what about those other people? Did you plan to take care of your household plus 10? Or are you planning to take care of your household plus maybe one? Do you have enough food to feed all those folks in your church who maybe have fallen on hard times, lost their jobs, single-parent family, 
shut-ins, fixed income, retired folks, did you factor all those people into your personal security and safety plan and, and preparedness? Probably not. You said, well, no, I didn't do that because our, our community has a community food bank and we can always rely on that. Can you? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a, it's not a joke. Uh, this is something that is extremely serious. And do you remember back in, and I know two whole years ago, in the, the first summer of the pandemic, when evil men in government unleashed their will upon us, when they unleashed this, this, this poison, and then they used it to take power that they shouldn't have had, they used it to lock us out of our churches and to lock us in our homes illegally, I remember the stories, and they closed down the restaurants. You remember the the news stories about farmers dumping tens of thousands of gallons of milk into the fields because the, the market wasn't there? Chickens and pigs being slaughtered and wasted. Not, you know, slaughtered and processed and packaged and saved, but wasted. I don't know about you, but when I saw that, when I saw that going on, it hurt my heart. And I said, and I said to my children, I said, we will be punished. America is going to be punished for our wastefulness. That is a sin. That was a sin and an affront to God. God had given us plenty. He had provided us with more than we needed. And how did we thank him? We threw it away. We threw it in the garbage. We wasted it. Rather than processing it and saving it and storing it, you're like, well, what are you supposed to do with, with milk, Paul? You can take milk and you can powder it. You can take milk and you can create protein powder. You can take milk and you can turn it into long-term storage milk. Do you know if you take shelf-stable milk and put it in a deep freezer, it will last for literally years? Ladies and gentlemen, we have our nation has been wasteful, we have been slothful, we have turned our backs on God. We have taken the gifts that he has given us and we've we've thrown them away like they're nothing. And there is a reckoning coming. And the evil people of this nation are going to have to pay a price. And it's going to be hard. It is going to be difficult. It is amazing to me that no one in the in the media has the the forethought or the foresight or the sight to say, how is it that they're running stories about pending food shortages and just two years ago we were wasting food. We were throwing it away by the, the ton. We were taking the gifts that God had given us, chickens and pigs and livestock, milk from, you know, and throwing it away. We just wasted it. And now two years later, we're treated to stories about, well, you better prepare because there's going to be food shortages and there's nothing we can do about it. Yes, there is. There's something we could have done about it. We could have been good and faithful stewards with what we had been given, but we were not. And we're going to pay the price. And it is time for you 
as someone who's listening to me right now, to embrace your inner Joseph. It is time for you to decide, I am not going to wait for someone else to take care of this problem. I am not going to wait for someone else to show up to make everything okay. I am going to make sure that everything is okay. And we, as a church community and family, are not going to be lazy, and we are not going to farm off our responsibilities to someone else because that's the easy and convenient thing to do. Who promised you an easy and convenient life? Who told you that your life here on earth was supposed to be easy and convenient? And if it wasn't, then something was wrong. I don't know who told you that, but they lied to you. I would challenge you. If you are like many of these churches that, uh, that I've recently discovered that have farmed out their food pantry, their food bank, that you farmed it out to someone else, because that's the easy and convenient thing to do, and that does, now you don't have to put any effort into it. I would bring that back in-house. Bring it back in-house. Take control over it and set up a method in a way that you can be a benefit and a good steward and that you can be a blessing to the members of your church community. And you can make sure. You don't have to guess, well, I hope that everything is good. I hope that that food is being stored properly. I, I hope that it's been rotated. I hope it's not all rusty and, and hope that the rats and the bugs haven't gotten into it. I hope. Or you could take control of it and then you could know for a fact that the bugs and the mice and the rats haven't gotten into it. It is rusty and, and, and rotted. Ladies and gentlemen, food is not a joke. God knew this. There are so many lessons in that book, in that book that we call the Bible, if you'll just open it up and read it. All right, thank you very much for being with me today. I truly appreciate it. I hope that you have made the, the commitment to be the good steward. Be the good steward. What, is, what did we learn in Peter? First Peter, if anyone serves, he should serve with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. As we always do, we're going to go ahead and close with the warrior's prayer today. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.